0: <laughs> and so I said, you'll never make the charges stick unless you find the bodies. Well, it seems we have company, mate. Ah, yes. Welcome. I'm Lee. And I'm Darren. And together we are... The, the Black Dog, dog Podcast. Podcast. So, old chum, I'd like to ask, as I'm sure many of our listeners would too, what exactly does the phrase black dog mean? Well, I'm glad you ask. A black dog is a blanket that smothers one's emotions, crushing them down into a colourless pit of despair, self-loathing and manic depression wrapped around one's cold, dead black soul. That sounds like one of our nights out. Ha!
1: <laughs> <laughs> no seriously, I will kill again.
0: So, tell me about the black dog podcast. Well, I'm happy to tell you that the Black Dog Podcast is an outpouring of ideas, news, rose-tinted specs, and shitty superheroes that's updated every week for our listeners out there in cyberspace land. In short, it's a single ray of sunshine in my otherwise pitiless barren existence. Sounds great. So what you're saying is this podcast is a forum for you to express yourself, your thoughts and feelings, to ease the pain of your hollow life. No, that's what this handgun and bottle of scotch is for i'll drink to that chin chin the black dog podcast if you're not listening to it i'm gonna come to
1: your house and attack you in the night everyone, and welcome to another edition of An Apotheosis of a Bobbast. I'm Elton McManus, and I'm in the UK, and joining me, as always, is a wonderful man by the name of Scott Copperman.
0: A-S-L? A-S-L? Age, sex, location?
1: I haven't know that for yonks! <laughs> I don't know what to do with
0: that, though. <laughs> I-, I had a site that we were possibly going to throw in at the end here today and I queued it up uh, to take a look at it and it's it's supposed to be kind of like one of the uh, I forget what they are called, chat roulette and that kind of thing you know interact with total strangers in the strange new world of, of etc the simple site pops into one-on-one chat room with a random person there's no telling where the conversation will take you <gasps> excitement drama so oh. clicked it and in you're now in a room with a total stranger say hi so I say hi no it's the person said hoopla Hoopla. (laughs) and I said hey and then ASL was on the screen from them so which I waited ASL question mark ASL exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point did they put it in like capitals no no it was all lowercase no you're all you are now disconnected from the user
1: ASL (laughs) ASL
0: Really hit their keys really hard, idiots. Did you did you know the very first time you saw that what it meant, or were you kind of like I
1: what? I remember You're seeing, seeing that. Way back, yeah, it was yonks ago when I first hit the internet. Um, back when the no, internet was young. I I still have trouble with all this laugh my ass off malarkey. There was there was one that came out the other week. It was just. Full of letters, and I'm I'm sure that's short for something. It's surely not a word. I don't don't even know what it means.
0: I have a friend who,
1: um,
0: one of her instant message ID things was I don't want to get into the whole thing and what it was, but it was one, two, three, four, five, six. It was twelve. It was a twelve-letter acronym. Oh no, it was thirteen-letter. I'm leaving a letter out because there's two obscenities in there. But it, you know, it's like L my L M A O S you know that was her whole uh like Twitter ID, aim ID kind of thing, and like it it you sit there and you just stare at it and you're like, okay, um laughing my
1: laughing R
0: Love My
1: Yeah, I do that. <laughs> what as does well. it stand for? Yeah. You know? But anyway, hello everybody. Yes, well this is apotheosis of a bombast, as you probably guessed by now anyway I'm the irritating <laughs> Englishman and he's the clever American so here we are as we today.
0: fight stereotypes here today
1: yes, yes. <laughs> uh this is hopefully not too short an episode obviously the people downloading it are going, yeah well we know how long it is anyway so it doesn't really matter but we don't know at the moment because we're actually producing it as That's we go right. um got some stories for you uh, you've got a website for us as well I'm mm-hmm. guessing and I suppose we might as well start off with anything happened in your life in the last week or so.
0: No, thankfully it's been relatively calm and quiet. Everything's uh, pretty mundane over here, so uh, no no health issues to gripe about. No no drama at home. I'm still alive, employed, and uh, <laughs> reasonably healthy.
1: Fighting and fit. in the same spot. Jolly good. <laughs> How about you? Oh. I'm good. Kids are good. Everything's good. It's all nice and hot and sunny, getting sweaty every day with miserable customers that I can't stand. It's brilliant. <laughs> I managed to get round to seeing the new Star Trek movie. Ooh, everyone's biting their nails now, going, Ooh, will really he like it? Really not like it Mm mm-hmm. uh, I I it took me three settings, uh, settings It took me three sittings to watch it, I'm afraid. First time, I sat down, I started watching it, and then the house just got busy and I had to do stuff. So I had to abandon ship halfway through. Second time... What happened second time? ah, I fell asleep. I haven't fallen asleep in front of a movie for yonks. (laughs) I can't remember the last time I fell asleep downstairs watching a movie, but I must have been... Absolutely knackered. And I got to a certain point and I went, and then Amanda was laughing at me as I was sort of not snoring, just going all the way through. And then I tried to watch it. And you know, when you open your eyes and your eyes just want to close again. So you open the other eye and you're like, I can't really see the TV and I'm not it in. And then I just fell asleep again. So that was a fail number two. Third time, I managed to watch... There's a little bit in the middle, which I haven't seen yet. But I've I've seen them kill the bad guys and then get away. And to be honest, as I'm putting all the pictures together, it was an alright film. It's... I'm just not a fan of Star Trek. I just... Don't... I can't tell whether it's trying to be funny, whether it's trying to be sarcastic... Whether it's poking fun of itself or what it wants to be, I just can't tell what it wants to do with itself. Mm -hmm. Some bits are a bit too comical, but they're so comical. There's a bit where his hands have blown up or swollen up, and he, um, yeah, Captain Kirk. His hands have swollen up. He's not Captain then, though, is he? It's really bizarre. But (laughs) I just didn't find it funny. And then they kept showing these big hands on the screen. I'm like, well, okay, it wasn't funny first time. Don't do it again. And look, oh look, there he is raising his hands again as if like big fat jazz hands. Mm Woohoo! And I (laughs) just didn't find it funny. And the special effects are good, but one huge thing, there's so much lens flare in this poxy movie. Yeah, there was. Oh my God. I understand if you're, Right, lens flare is not a natural thing. It only happens when you're looking through a lens. It says so on the tin. So not everything will give you lens flare. If you go into, the, into space and look at a sun, if you're looking through a lens, you'll get lens flare. I understand that. That's cool. When you're walking around a corridor, every single epoxy bulb that you walk past gives you lens flare. That will give you a migraine. Every little blinky light, lens flare, lens flare, lens flare. Yeah. Someone opened the door, lens flare off the door, which has got shiny bits on it because something's shining on it and the lens has got a flare on it. And it was just too much. And it it took a lot away from the movie. I kept looking at the movie going, okay, when's the next lens flare? Oh, there it is. And then there'll be another <laughs> one. Oh, there it is. And I'll just be looking out for that and wondering how they're going to do it and how they're going to angle their lens flare. It's ruined everything. Why Why does everything in Star Trek have lens flare? <laughs> I, I don't I know. I
0: guess in, in outer space, these retro, neo-retro Star Trek ships have actual glass windows, <laughs>
1: unlike the viewer screens of the old. Yeah, yeah, I understood that when the whole ship was breaking up and cracking, but surely that would have just gone imploded or exploded or something should have happened yeah, it did have a feel of like
0: i learned this cool new trick watch kind of like in the matrix when they did that super slow motion and neo leans back to avoid the bullets and then every movie and tv show dodging uh, or commercial had dodging dorito chips and dodging uh marshmallows and it, it was a shot that was repeat, repeated over and over and used constantly it,
1: I think that happens in art, though, doesn't it? I think I rem- remember learning guitar and learning a new chord and going, wow, I can write a song with this. And then the next five songs I sat down and wrote had that same chord in it and the same sort of structure around it. I'm like, yeah, wow, i learn a new chord. And then I'd learn another one. And, "Wow, I've got to use this one. And it's just, whoa, hang on, just hang back a little bit. But, yeah, not overly impressed. I'm not a trackie at all. <laughs> like, I just no,
0: I didn't like it. Well, well let me I, ask you this: from from the little bit, it's my big complaint about that movie and and reboots in general. Did you feel like it really had to be Kirk, Spock, Sulu, and all them, or did you find yourself at any point saying this could be this could be any captain and first officer, and it was just a sci fi movie that that used the names.
1: From my point of view. Obviously, I'm an outsider looking inwards, but I think if you didn't have that Kirk and Spock thing, then it'd just be a bunch of guys running around. You tag the, the Star Trek name on it, you need Kirk, you need Spock, you need the old crew. And I also found out that I'm not a fan of Simon Pegg either. I don't know why. I'm down on this. <laughs> I shouldn't be. It was. It was good. It looked pretty. Nice special effects. That's all J.J. Abrams' work. and uh, Damon Lindelof was executive producer on it as well, which I'm quite surprised at. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else that stood out on it? I did like where they're drilling down into Vulcan and they're doing all the um, the diving out of the ship. And I like the way that there was no sound in the space and flying down and, ooh, we're skydiving, blah, blah, blah. And then the dude just gets killed sorry yeah. spoilers whoa i'm sure everyone that listens to us has already seen it anyway but yeah there were some real good bits real real good bits and i like the way the the monster out of cloverfield turned up at some point as well in there <laughs> um try and think of other things i don't think you needed leonard nimoy in there
0: well there is a comic book that that kind of sets up this and i i think it's It's supposed to serve as a nice bridge between the Star Trek Everybody Knew and this movie. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think it's it can be well done, but it doesn't mean it's necessary.
1: Yeah. He must be getting on a bit as well. He must be in his 70s, mustn't he? Well, he officially retired from acting this past year. Right.
0: He complained a bit that his character on Fringe wasn't used very much or used very well. And then... um, He's no longer on Fringe, at least in the Leonard Nimoy form. I suppose they could still have him, mm-hmm. have him appear. But uh,
1: yeah, he said he's done, done with the acting. Okay, fair enough. Sounds like a cliche thing, but you know he's yeah. had a, he's had a good innings, I suppose. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I don't think I'll be watching it again too soon. Just it's just not for me. It really isn't for me. I'll sit down and watch it, but it's just not for me. Sorry.
0: Well, he survived it. You've seen it. It's a bit of pop culture that now you know. Yeah. Do you think, and I, I know you didn't really care for it, so I probably we'll will color it a little bit, but like the original Star Trek, even though you didn't watch it religiously and it wasn't one of your key fandoms, you knew the pop culture parts of it. You know, the Vulcan, Live Long and Prosper, and. Yeah, I, you I know. Kinda, the- you knew, like. You knew Kirk was kind of a womanizer. You knew a lot of the uh, catchphrases.
1: Oh, of course, yeah. I, I, I remember sitting down at my nan's house and watching the motion picture, and sitting down at my house and watching the Rough of Calm, and and yeah, I, I know of it. Let's put it like that. I've got enough to, to back myself up on it, but just not a fan.
0: So, do you think there'll be anything from this movie that? that will generate a new bit of uh, pop culture. Do you you see something coming out of this movie that either gets added to the uh, collection of Star Trek-isms or becomes its own new kind of little, hey, other other than lens flare?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think the only person who's going to be able to do that is Simon Pegg, if he does it correctly. He's the only one who seemed to have... I I don't know, they're all playing their characters very well and yet he seemed a, a wee bit over the top. Mm-hmm. And Maybe that's why he just rubbed me up the wrong way. And there were lots of little catchphrases from the old movies anyway or the old program, which I recognise, but I, I apparently there's like a triple. I don't even know what a poxy triple is, but there's a triple in there and R2-D2 and I, I think I saw R2-D2. Yeah, he is in there. I tried to catch it, but I didn't... I know where it's supposed to be, but it's really quick, and I just didn't see it. Um, I mm, I can't grasp on anything at the moment. I, I think that's more for Trekkies to grab onto and go, whoa, look at this, and highlight it, and everyone go, wow, yeah, that's right. But for me, no, nothing really. Yeah, I... Mm, I better stop there. I think <laughs> I better stop there. Uh, what else happened to me? Oh, I went into HMV two days ago, and I was looking around, looking at DVDs and CDs. And while I was in there, there was a staff member looking through the charts and rearranging stuff. And normally they have music playing, don't they? As you can circulate the mm-hmm. the, the building. He was playing air guitar, and it was brilliant. He was going to all the music. <laughs> it was really going for it as well. He was cutting a jig. He was going left, he was going right. He was jumping up and down, and I was well, like, oh, hang on. You're a member of staff, and he just didn't care. He was just playing air guitar, and he looked quite good, actually. looked quite tasty. Probably doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but yeah, good on him. I think all members of H&V and other associated stores should be air guitaring at all points of their life,
0: I suppose. Yeah, that'd be kind of weird. Were you inclined to kind of stop and stare, or did you kind of avert your eyes, don't look at the man playing
1: guitar? No, I just stood there looking at him. He was totally oblivious. No, he didn't. I think he had people looking at him from over the side of the store, but he was really going for it. It was brilliant. It's brilliant. Kind of that thing that I needed at the time as well. Having a bit of a crappy day and you see just a guy air guitar in. It's brilliant. (laughs) Ah, right. Okay, something disgusting happened to me this week as well. We have a cat. We have many cats around our way as well. And it appears as if a cat has caught a pigeon in my garden and dragged it into our greenhouse. Mm Hmm. And then proceeded to eat his head and then left it there. Flies, obviously attracted to that, jumped on there, mm. laid eggs and blah. Yeah. And so uh, Amanda went out there to into the greenhouse to get something out of there, went, oh, there's a headless pigeon there. So I bowled over very manly, go, ha ha, I'll get rid of that for you, dear. Put it in a bag, tied it up, put it in... The recycle bin, I think it was. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Um, but it's it's like a green compost bin, so stuck him in there. Um, the next day, we have flyers everywhere. And, oh, God, Amanda went out there, had a look. Maggots absolutely everywhere in this bin. And it's disgusting. Ugh. But we had, like, flyers coming in the house as well. And we was, Where the hell are these coming from? Just totally forgot about it. And we've had some really hot days, but you know, where where do you put a a headless pigeon apart from in your yeah. your bin i I don't know where to put one there's no you know proper in, recycling uh, things in the
0: heat is it gonna you know how th- things decompose and all is it going to get all
1: fragile that you'll end up trying to scoop it up and it'll oh there's a leg over there and an armor oh no well it's it's in this bin it ain't moving out of this bin until the bin men come and then tip it. It should make it into the uh, rubbish truck, I'm hoping. But in in the meantime, we had like a fly in a house and it was a big dirty fly. We got horses over, I think, two houses down. they got a big, sorry, they've got an acre of land where they uh, run horse around and we get like these big dirty flyers that come off of him. And one landed in my house and I didn't want to kill it and I had to remove it from the room, so I opened the window. I got a piece of paper. I tried to scoop him, and the paper kind of um, cut his head off and cut oh. a, cut a wing off. And his head head and wing landed on the ground, sort of like mashed into one. I was like, ooh, and his his body was still there. Cleaning the other wing. I was like, oh, now, if if someone cut my head off with a piece of paper, <laughs> if, well, if that happens, yeah, um, would you expect me to like twitch around or anything like that? I know if you cut a chicken's head off, it'll run around. Apparently, I've never seen it, but I'm I'm just confused on at what how big does the animal have to be before it stops twitching? Like if you cut an elephant's head off, Mm -hmm. would would its body twitch? Would its trunk move around? I don't know. Why does the fly's body still move?
0: Yeah, I don't. It's a good question. What what's the threshold of your nervous system still able to make yourself move? I guess.
1: But it wasn't just randomly moving as if like oh my head's gone. I'm going to start twitching. It It was was cleaning for the head. (laughs) It was cleaning its wing. Uh, It was just... Unless that is like a nervous twitch and they don't think about it. I I find it very bizarre. Ah, nature's weird. Yes, very. But yeah, that's, that's around about it for my life at the moment. So maggots, flyers, and air guitar men. <laughs> Not bad. Same uh, as everybody else's. Yeah. Uh, in other news, we have the World Cup final coming up. Now we have... Two guys left in our Bombast World Cup thing. Uh, yeah. We have in the Spanish corner we have Blakey Biz Alex, and in the Netherlands corner we have Lucky Minty or Sarah. So they're going to go head to head on Sunday, which should be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you? Are you going to pick a favourite for that? Uh,
0: I have to think it's going to be Spain, but I know the Netherlands are getting a buzz both between their uniform styles and and style of play.
1: Okay. I'll ask you the question again. Are you going to pick one? I think yeah.
0: I think <laughs> Spain, but I just uh even though I think people will are talking about the
1: Netherlands, I think Spain will win. Yeah, okay. That's fine. I'm going to go for Holland or Netherlands. I I just just fancy them a little bit more to be honest. Which uh, uniforms are they expected to wear for the final? I'm trying to work out who who would be Spanish would be away, I think. Holland would be home. So it'd be orange home. Spanish I can't remember what the Spanish oh it's a dark blue their kit. So I, I'm I'm guessing it's gonna be orange versus dark blue, so I'm going for the oranges. <laughs> I don't know why, I just just feel like they need a bit of a break. But I've I've enjoyed all the semi-finals and stuff like that. It's been really good, lots of goals, lots of crazy stuff going on, like Brazil getting kicked out, Argentina getting kicked out. So it's it's looking good. It's not going to be a well remembered World Cup, but it's a World Cup never, nevertheless. So
0: yeah, and then the Olympics come in two years, <laughs> so there'll be another round of international soccer.
1: Uh, there'll be the European football championships. <laughs> that should be good. Looking forward to it. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to go in the Netherlands corner. You can go in the Spanish corner and then we can have a little fight.
0: Highly, uh, exciting and, and lots of drama and things for people to talk about. Cause I have a feeling like here in the United States already, the world cup buzz has dwindled and pretty soon it's going to be, uh, American football will be starting and and other sport like right now the, the big to do is tonight where LeBron James is going to decide to play basketball for the next 5 6 years. And that just overshadows everything. If if there's not much to this final game, if it's like a three nothing, 4-1, two nothing game with no controversy or anything and I think that'll be the the end of the discussion of the World Cup and international soccer for a while. But you know, probably what's gotten the most attention here lately has been the idea of instant replay.
1: Oh, okay. So, what, you know, yeah. whether that
0: should be there and how uh, within our domestic professional sports league, some team, some leagues reject the concept and some some embrace it. And yeah. so that they sit there and point to the World Cup and say, see... They need it or they don't do it or whatever the case would be.
1: See, the, the discussion over here was that for about a week, maybe not even a week, maybe three days after that match that we had as an excuse, but now it's just turned to why is England so crap at football? And that is all the discussion that is going on. And that will carry on up and up and over the World Cup final and then it will go on to the preseason friendlies before our Premier League kicks off.
0: All right. How about outside of our lives? Any any news in the world that you found?
1: Yes. Hang on a second. Let me send it through to you. I receive a email from the wonderful chaps from Creeping with Armstrong. Uh, they have an email which I suggest everyone goes and gets. If you go to Creeping with Armstrong dot uh, uk, and then you can subscribe to a uh, weekly email that turns up, and it's just it's called Week in Geek. Uh, there's also a, a hashtag on Twitter called WIG, which you can hit as well. Um, it's just full of geeky stuff from that week, or which the contributors find over the internet. It's a bit like this show, crammed into one little email. Mm -hmm. Let's say that there was a bit there on on this email that um, Ross pointed out to me after I'd already read it. It's something called the Eyeborg. It's got a video on on this uh, email. It has a guy who lost his eye and then proceeded to... He removed his eye and then instead of having a prosthetic eye, he created a bionic camera eye and so he can try and film stuff as he's walking around with his eye. It's tiny little transistors and stuff like that, all compacted into a little eyeball with a camera on top. And he walks around the streets, and I think it's got an LED in it as well, so it all glows up red, so he looks like (laughs) the Terminator walking around. The video at the beginning is a tiny bit squeamish, as you can see like the eye being played with. I think before it got removed. Yeah. Which is a bit gross. Or, it, mm, yeah, it is it, a little bit squeamish, so be careful on that. But it's it's kind of cool. Kind of cool, this guy just walking around with a big red eye. And there's lots of tracking shots of him walking down the streets in the dark with this big, dicey red eye just flashing away. And it's got to freak some people out. But it, it's quite a cool idea. I'm not too sure if it moves. If prosthetic eyes, they normally grab onto a, a muscle, don't they? And so mm-hmm. when, when you look left or look right with your eyes, the uh, prosthetic eye would actually move with your good eye. I'm not too sure if this one does it or not. So
0: Can I, I, he turn off the LED? Is he like in the movies? And the Usher comes over and goes, excuse me, sir, can you put that light out? I, has to put a patch on or something, or?
1: I think they made a few one with a camera and one with an LED as well, so those interchangeable parts, yeah, I reckon he just whoops one out and puts one in. It's quite cool though, you know, i suggest everyone subscribes to this and also has a look at this video. It's brilliant, I can't watch it if there's uh <laughs> you're listening to An Apotheosis of a Bombast. Okay, get away from all the squirmish stuff. I'll give you this. Go to my next story. If a man and a horse had a race, what one do you think would win? I think it
0: depends on the length. But I'll say the horse for anything longer than like 50
1: feet. Yeah, there's video on the Sky News website at the moment with a man racing a horse. And it's it's possibly one of the most pointless races I've ever seen in my life. The horse gives the man quite a big head start, possibly about 10 lengths. They don't actually state how long the race is. But once it gets away, I think the man's ahead for 10, 15 strides at the most, and then mm-hmm. the horse just whoosh, straight past him. <laughs> I think if we were faster than horses, then surely we'd have humans going round tracks, jumping over water jumps on dirt, and people in bookies betting on them instead of horses. But yeah, it's, it's one of the most pointless races I've ever seen, so... But it's good fun to look at anyway, and listen to the commentator to go. Oh, the man's in the lead. Man's in. no, he's not anymore. And yeah, the horse has won. Well done. Come back next year for another <laughs> race. I think they've done it once before. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they have.
0: I don't know if it was a commercial or there used to be uh, one of those TV shows on Discovery where it was they talked about like different animals. It might have even been like animal versus animal or where they built robot versions of animals. Yeah. And I think they they were talking about you had like a cheetah, a horse, a man, a dog, and it was like, you know, which is fastest? Ah. So I I, I have to plead that I had a little bit of inside information there, I guess.
1: Yeah, so, you know, there's two videos for you guys to check out. One of my last stories is... It's from the BBC news site. It's scientists to present a car for the blind. Now, would you be would you be happy with blind people driving cars on the road?
0: Uh, not until we get to that point in the future where the car basically
1: drives itself. <laughs> basically on rails. Yeah. It's a bit like a scale electrics track.
0: Do, well, do you think it would be on rails? I can understand why they thought that in the past, but I think now it'll be... Like, GPS-driven. Your um, Garmin will actually t- steer the car. I
1: don't know. I if this computer is, process. If the computer's going to drive it, then I'm assuming... Maybe not on rails, per se, with like a physical contact, but there'll be indications in the road for the car to respond to, so it knows exactly where it is.
0: I could see them putting... Something in the lane markers that the car can detect. Yeah. Because the Garmin te- uh, the Garmin technology'd have to be a little more specific. But I think uh, you put an obstacle detection system that overrides the Garmin. You put something that that gives it lanes. You know, something whether it's a uh, chemical in the paint or a wire running down the middle of the road, kind of thing. But I, I don't think it would be on rails like it is in the amusement parks, but yeah.
1: Well, these uh, US scientists and the National Federation of the Blind are developing a car for the blind and will present a prototype next year. This car, uh, how does it turn? Its non-visual aids include sensors indicating turns in the road via vibrating gloves. Now, it, it seems to me as if there's pads on the steering wheel, and they vibrate for you to turn left and vibrate for you to turn right. And so you're using all your senses apart from uh, your sight to drive this car. It also uses puffs of compressed air on the face to alert the driver of obstacles. What happens if the driver's got his window open? What happens if the, the passenger sneezes or coughs?
0: Well, I'm looking at a quote that they have here um, from the president of the National Federation of the Blind, we're moving away from the theory that blindness ends the capacity of human beings to make contributions to society. Now, I would agree with that, but driving a beach buggy, that's not <laughs> saying that someone can't make a contribution to society because they can't drive.
1: Well, yeah, exactly.
0: There's plenty of things, plenty of ways and things that you know people who can't see should be... Believed in and expected to be able to make contributions. But driving a car is not one. I, I don't buy that.
1: Okay, set the scene. You're, you're out on the town with your kids and your misses. You hail down a ca- uh, taxi. He pulls over, all nice and safe. You get in and he's blind. What do you do? You're like, all I think right. I, okay. I, don't, I don't take the
0: ride. I say, yeah. no, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I well,
1: don't know if I'll get on
0: there or not. What would you say if I, I said I th- thought I'd have more faith in a blind person flying an airplane than driving a car?
1: I'd understand that because you don't have lampposts or dogs crossing the road in the sky.
0: Well, plus, you can technically fly an airplane at night in the fog. I mean, you, you can fly almost entirely on instruments,
1: Yeah, but and that
0: I would be more comfortable having the airplane say, "You know, too low, too you know." You don't almost have to see the dial. You could probably touch the dial with your hand and have it read you whatever it's showing,
1: like a Braille dial. Uh,
0: Well, or no, I'm thinking more. um, Let's say you had like a an airspeed indicator. Yeah, you could have it be something where when your hand is on it, you touch the button. And it it narrates, so it's like three eighty, three eighty one, three eighty, three eighty one. You know that. Yeah. T- anytime you need a reading, you can just go there, and that's actually very much more along the lines of a Garmin driving the car, because like the autopilot on my dad's plane is it's a Garmin system. He's got three or four computer maps that he punches in. I want to get from here to here at this airspeed, this elevation, and it it indicates. Uh, the route to take, it'll, if he lets go, it'll steer the plane if he wants it to. It'll mm-hmm. rise and, and fall. There's only a couple times where you really need to have your hands on the controls. And if it's major fog, you punch in a code, and there's a certain landing path you take. It's, I can see that. I love them. Anyway,
1: so that's it for news stories. Uh, mm, okay, I'll, I'll hit you with one more very quickly. Have you heard of the Barefoot Bandit? No. It's a man, a boy, 19. Uh, what's his name? Colton Harris Moore. He's dubbed the Barefoot Bandit because of his shoeless prints left at scenes of crimes. This guy was seven when he cr- committed his first crime. He's now going on a spree. He's just crashed in the Bahamas after nicking a Cessna. He goes around the world. Nicking stuff a little bit like a um you ever seen the film Catch me if you can, yeah, it's very similar to that he last month he left a one hundred dollar donation at Animal Hospital in Seattle. He dropped a hundred dollars off and said that you know you can spend the money on on the animals. He then went and nicked a was it six hundred no, a four hundred fifty thousand pound yacht, and then sailed off into the distance on the yacht. He's also nicked a six hundred thousand dollar Cessna and flown it for God knows how far. Mm. Now, I'm not condoning what he's doing because I, I think what he's he's done is pretty disgusting. He's stolen lots of cars. He's evaded police. He's uh, he climbed out of a window on a. Uh, a, a jail, like a youth jail, and escaped that way. But at the age of nineteen, you're going to be like, "Yeah, this is the life. This mm-hmm. is awesome. I'm getting to fly planes. I'm getting to drive cars. I'm getting to do this. I'm going to the Bahamas. I'm doing that." I he's got thousands of people on Facebook, uh, which are friend him and cheering him on. His mum is even cheering him on about it. She said. Oh, I hope it was him that nicked the plane, but next time please wear a parachute. What the hell? She's quite proud of her son actually. And I, I think it's every boy's little dream to like do cool stuff like in the movies and he's actually doing it. But if it happened to me he would be like no. You know, Sod off mate.
0: Would you think he's destined to have a movie made about him and all that stuff? Like he'll Yeah. He'll be taken care of. I mean he may be in jail, but at some point his
1: His fame will grow. I think so, yeah. His story will be told, either as a children's film or as an an adult film. A bit like the Catch Me If You Can (laughs) movie. Change him
0: into a panda, give him a uh, ladybug sidekick. Instead of stealing an airplane, he steals uh, the magic lollipop. And uh, yeah, it's a great kids movie.
1: It could work. Could work. I think you should copyright that right now. (laughs) I'm not going to say good luck to the guy because he's committing crimes. But I think if I was nineteen, I'd be like, "Yeah, wicked! I'm having the time of my life at the moment, and police can't catch me." Well, more power to him, I guess. As long as he doesn't affect us in any direct way. Yeah, don't come over here, alright <laughs> Beat you up. Yeah, I think that's it for this week, anyway. So, what what have you got for us?
0: Uh, I have a couple things here I'm going to table for next week but what I do have are two quick sites I'll throw out there. Uh, Number one is called Monoface. Have you ever heard of that? No. Sounds cool though. Basically, Mr. Potato Head made with human pictures. You get the image of a man or a woman depending on what you (laughs) what it opens up when you get there you get it
1: yeah got it oh whoa
0: it's at www.mono-one.com backslash monoface m-o-n-o-f-a-c-e and basically there's head and shoulders left eye right eye nose mouth and as you click it cycles through like a collection of things it has and uh You can tell, it gives a name, I guess, to each body part. So, like, right, I have Erica's right eye, Erica's left eye, Michael's nose, Aaron's mouth, and John's head and shoulders. And if I click the nose, it changes to Peter's, to Travis's. And so it's like having a a mixture of parts to go through, and you get some pretty creepy-looking people here.
1: It's almost like (laughs) a photo fit, but a live photo fit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> You click through every once in a while I, I find that you get the most dramatic changes that You make a face and then you click on the shoulders Which changes the hair and head shape And you, all of a sudden You get like, oh, it kind of looks normal And then, ah, freak
1: Yeah, I've just created something That's disgusting
0: Well, it says there's over 750,000 possible combinations You can make and It's head and shoulders Is You click on the head or the shoulders And it changes that Left eye, right eye, nose, and mouth, and you get some interesting combinations. So it's definitely good for when you've got a few minutes, you're waiting for you know, your family to get ready and you're going to head out, or you got like five minutes before you go to, to lunch and you just feel like clicking away.
1: That's bizarre.
0: <laughs> and then something else that is on my growing to-do list of things I want to do and learn how to do is the site called stripgenerator.com. S T R I P G E N E R A T O R dot com and I suggest you go backslash video, which gives you a, a YouTube tutorial of how to use the site. And basically it's it's got a bunch of characters preinstalled and you make make a comic strip. And while you're there you can actually like read other people's strips they've made. They have theme packs, they have Merchandise section, it's pretty cool. It's definitely something that that is interesting and looks like it'd be a lot of fun to play with. Yeah. If you're really creative, you could do some very, very clever stuff with it, I'm sure.
1: Oh, that's another thing I'm going to be diving on now. So yeah, this is definitely something
0: worth checking out. Uh, if you make a, a strip, let us know,
1: and we'll take a look
0: at it. It's free to use. You can buy like these extra packs of... Of characters and all, and but there's plenty of stuff in it for free. You can have a lot of fun with it. Excellent. All right. Well, I guess that's that's a good spot to stop. Uh, I'll give a heads up to all our loyal fans. I might not be here for the next episode. Just uh, we have a family vacation planned, so there's a good chance
1: that Elton will be putting together something to to fill the void. Yeah. Not too sure what yet, but stuff may happen. Let's put it like that. Not if too he sure.
0: procrastinates long enough, though, I might be back.
1: Yes, <laughs> or if I am too scared to do it, or real life gets in the way, just we'll see. can't be bothered, really. But yeah, you know, we- we'll see what happens anyway. So. Yep.
0: But uh, we appreciate you guys listening. I hope that you keep checking back. Make sure you visit the actual Bombast Podcast dot Podbean dot com website. There is no W W in front of that. We have show notes for every episode, which includes all the links we talk about. Uh, if there's a video we talked about, like there was the Mythbusters that we had referenced, uh, I think it was two episodes ago. We have it all right there for you to watch, You know, so you can get a whole other level of your Bombast podcast experience. Excellent. Uh, we also have all the episodes still available there. So go back, dig around, check out the links to those things. You can leave comments there. You can send us an email at bombastpodcast at gmail.com, or you can talk to us through Twitter. Uh, Elton is Elton McManus, all one word. I'm SHC1970. We've both been on Twitter a little bit less lately for whatever reason. I'm, I'm not really sure why, but we check it at least you know two, three times a day. Mm. And uh, make sure if you're following us and you don't think we're following you, send us a I guess you can't send a direct message, but send us an at message and
1: Give us an elbow. Give us a shove.
0: Let us know. Yeah, give a hello and uh let us know and yeah, we'll we'll definitely try to be in touch. There's also a Facebook page which uh it's an apotheosis of a
1: bombast. Uh yeah, just, just hit up yeah, hit us up on the Facebook website, uh, leave comments there. If you've got any news stories that you want us to hit then let us know there or you can send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com and I think that around about wraps it up, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, we just need a moral for today's episode and I I know it took you three times to get through Star Trek, but that's a pretty significant event in Bombast podcast lore, so we should probably draw something from that. Mm. What did you learn as you watched that episode?
1: Uh, I learned that I didn't like Simon Pegg. Um, <laughs> I learned that Fat hands aren't funny. That's true. Lens flare does my head in.
0: I think we should go with the lens flare. You mentioned that it doesn't really exist in nature, so
1: it doesn't, though, does it? It's no. It's a fact. I am actually stating a fact there. Anything else I've said in this episode could be utter balls, but that, my friends, it's is a fact. Truth. Yes. Lens flare is unnatural. That should be the moral, right there.
0: Let all the world hear it and believe (laughs) lens flare is unnatural
1: awesome
0: (laughs) alright we'll talk to you guys soon if I'm not here for the next episode keep me in your thoughts
1: yeah yeah we'll mention you we'll see you soon cool cheers guys bye alright bye
0: Tonight's episode of Apotheosis of Bombas was brought to you by Elton McManus and Scott Kaufman and was sponsored by the letters Q, M and the magic number 3.